Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen. We are once again live down here in the Barricade Studios for another episode of the Sports Frenzy Podcast. So that with me, your host, Freddie Loso, with my co-host, Devil's Advocate. Today, 1994, the debut of the big show. Hold your applause. Well, it's the big slow. Making his return tonight, the long-anticipated Blackbeard himself, the Encyclopedia. Yay! Ooh, insert crowd noise. <sighs> <laughs> Come on, do it. I'm waiting for gentlemen. We haven't had it in a few weeks. Go. And gentlemen, welcome to AEW, where the old boys go for their last run. Because last night, that was Sting! Anybody else feel super lackluster about Sting? Well, here's the thing. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold out my opinion, because if he's going to work as like a mentor for Darby Allen, then I'm not going to get mad as long as, like, from what I read today, I don't know if you guys read this, but they said he's not going to be doing a lot of in-ring stuff. Okay. He's not going to take a lot of bumps. So if, if he's more of like a mentor role and like in the shadows, I'm okay with that. If they're going to like plug him as like a future champion and all that, then it, I'm not interested at all. But I can, I can handle him being on the show in, in a, the right capacity. See, that was my concern. I was 100% ready to go full heel on this and cut a promo about how – well, AEW is becoming WWE, bringing in the old guys now, and you're doing that. I didn't think about your point, Rob, about him being a mentor to Darby Allen. If that's where they're going with it, I'm interested. But hearing that he signed a multi-year deal makes me think, okay, well, they're going to put the strap on him, and they're going to give him a title run before you know he rides off into the sunset. I don't think they're. I don't think he's getting back in the ring. I think he's too injured for that. Nor would he get cleared for it. But even as a mentor, I just he doesn't strike me as a mentor character. And the first thing I thought when I read the news, because I only finished watching it literally about 15 minutes ago, was how many old legends are they going to sign to be a mentor or manager in AEW? I mean, we got Tully, we got Arn, we got Taz, we got Jake the Snake Roberts. Now now sting it's like old it's like legends of wrestling is making a comeback i i i i think aew's roster is just too bloated and this is another case of it i think i feel like tony khan's like um collecting baseball cards he's a mark he's he's you know i've always wanted to have stay i've always wanted to work with sting i've always wanted to work with arn i've always wanted to work with tat so he's like collecting baseball cards that's what I'm is afraid is going to happen. All over again. I'm sorry. One is it the Saudis? I want Yokozuna. I want. Uh, <laughs> well, he hasn't signed any dead guys yet, so no. <laughs> but I, but that's my fear is that he's doing like he's collecting baseball cards. You know, it's like it's just like his fantasy baseball team. And that's my fear. I could see. You know, I, what I'm trying to figure out if he's going to go back in the ring, who's he going to fight? Because it, it should only be another legend. It shouldn't be anybody on the rot. Maybe Jericho. I don't know. 
I don't, I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna wait a few more weeks and see where it's going with this before I shit all over it. But I could definitely see it going south. I don't think he's getting back in the ring. Period. Personally, but we'll we'll see. Oh God, can you imagine? Right. Can you imagine if he was it was Commissioner Sting or some stupid shit like that? Yeah, I, agree. I hope not. I hope they use him the right way because I mean, in the in the right capacity, it could be interesting. But I'm not I'm not sure. Well, speaking of what you mentioned, Tony Khan, he was interviewed hyping up this winter is coming. And one of the things was concerning AEW's new signings and how he could continue adding new talent without ever releasing anyone. And he pointed out they're still in the pandemic and he could have made some, but hasn't because of the pandemic. He noted that he feels strongly that it's tough to get work in the business and he doesn't want to let people go. And he acknowledged that they do have a big roster and put over dark as a way to put the show over. And I'm like, I'm just like, I get that you want to be there for people during the pandemic, um, which is, I guess, pretty commendable. But you're also running a business at the same time. And let's be honest, the Jacksonville Jaguars and Fulham FC do not scream success. So the Khan family, when it comes to sports entities, I don't know, maybe they think too much with their heart and not with their with their heads, you know? But if you're trying to be the anti-WWE, that's the attitude you have to have. Because what are the first thing they did? They cut 30, right? They cut right the roster, 50. right, in the middle yeah. of a pandemic. Whereas Tony Khan should say, hey, we're not going to do that. And I don't know, you know, down the line, I think roster cuts are good. I think it's like people get stale. Like I've been saying for years, I, I if I was WWE, I would have let Randy Orton go five years ago. Because he just goes around and around in circles, and, and occasionally you get an interesting – if he's interested, you get a decent set of matches out of him. But if he's not, he's just – what else can he do there? I mean, after a while, certain guys, I think, are it's better that there's turnover, that you get some new – that's how you get new blood in is you don't – these young guys can't move up because all these old guys are clogging up spots. And I haven't seen Randy Orton put over too many guys over the years. So unless they're going to be there to put people over, you know, and understand your role, not you know, but Vince seems to love it. So I think it's a good thing to let people go from time to time. Now, especially that there are more options for these guys. You, you do realize you're talking about old people taking up t spots. AEW has signed half the Legends roster to take up spots. But at least they're in a, in, it's in a different environment, fighting different guys. I mean, it's a somewhat – I hear what you're saying. It's somewhat different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, Randy Orton, up until this year, had been pretty stale for a while. But the other thing is he also wasn't on TV being crammed down their throats every week either. As much as Orton has been around forever and probably for too long, I don't see him come out and think, oh, God, here's Orton again. I'm so sick and tired of seeing him because he does take breaks at times. And I don't know. Um, I just – with AEW, I felt – I've been feeling for a while their roster's too bloated and – Instead of letting people go, which, as you pointed out as well, they probably should at some point, he just keeps signing more people. And and the thing is, none of us on the show watch Dark. We freely admit that. When you're watching Dynamite and they show the results for Dark, it's like five minutes of them flashing match results. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, how many matches there are? I think he, at one point in his last interview, said there were 17 matches on the last Dark. And I'm like, how do you, how do you even do that? And how long is that show? Like two hours? 17 matches in two hours? Yeah, but you know what? I'll give him credit for that because you know how we're complaining about people aren't getting ring time? 
at least people are they're giving them ring time, number one. And number two, they're trying to see who's going to move up to Dynamite. So they're kind of using Dark as like their minor league system. Yeah. So I don't have a problem with that. I think that's smart because it's not on real TV. So you're not going to be like, you're not going to get sick of these guys or you're not going to be like, who the hell are these guys? It's like a training ground. And if you start to pick up some momentum in Dark, they give you a shot on the main roster. I think that's going to be good for a lot of the younger guys to get that ring time that they need, and the ladies in particular. Right. It also seems to be where AEW pushes people that they don't want to push for a while that have been hot. Like, I think last night was the first time we saw Jungle Boy since, what, the summer? And I don't recall anyone complaining about seeing him too much on Dynamite. So that's the other thing. I feel like unless you're one of the top AEW guys, you get pushed down to dark at times to fill a spot for a couple months. And that part I don't necessarily agree with. I think that that's where they lack consistency at times. Now, Sean Spears is another one. We didn't see him for months. He was relegated to dark. Now all of a sudden we're seeing him again. Jack Evans and um, his tag team partner, I can't remember the name of their team right now, but they were on, they're on dark all the time, and now they're on the main roster again, you know, or on the main show, I should say. So I don't think it's such a bad thing. they got to stop signing tag teams, too. they got way too many new well, tag yeah. teams. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I was saying last week, I don't or two weeks ago, I don't know why they don't have a trios title, because they have so many three-man teams, they could they could cycle through several different iterations of that and never get boring. Nice lead in there, because Tony Khan was asked about trios title, and he said he could see it happening soon, but not 2020, probably more likely 2021. So it's, it's, it's being talked about, so... Rob, with his predictions, uh, he, he's still on the mark. Good job, Rob. I just think it's they're, they're, it's the way they're doing it. They're putting the guys together in threes. It just makes natural sense. I think what's yeah. happening is since that second show hasn't come about, the second show where maybe where you would feature maybe more ladies matches and maybe trios, mm-hmm. you know, and keep the T or or put the TNT title on the other show and keep the world title on you know on. I mean, they could work it out. I mean. Yeah. But in the, I, I think that's what's I, happening I, I now. They've got this bloated roster because they don't have enough shows. They, they were supposed to put on another show, and they have done it. Yeah. They're waiting for their their thunder. Is that what it is? Oh, God, I hope not thunder. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, 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 wait, wait. They're looking for their NXT, I hope. It's, it's not going to be thunder. It's going to be lightning. <laughs> yeah. The opposite, right? Partly cloudy. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other, some of the other interesting things he said, um, and it actually concerns uh, the TV shows and specifically Dynamite. Uh, he was asked about future special episodes of Dynamite, and Khan said that they're doing it so they don't oversaturate the pay-per-view market. Winter is coming. Last night was their biggest yet, and brings a pay-per-view feel to Dynamite. Uh, and then he. Um, I don't quite understand this, but he basically indicated that Dynamite is really their bread and butter. That's what they're built around. And this was in relation to the question. He was being questioned why Moxley versus Omega was taking place on on Dynamite rather than on the pay-per-view. He's saying it's the flagship revenue stream, and he wants people to see that Dynamite is the company's lifeblood. And even when as far as saying a spot on Dynamite is just as big as a pay-per-view spot. What do you guys think about that? I think he's trying to sell you something. <laughs> he's he's really trying to 
almost blow smoke up your ass and let you know, well, we don't need the pay-per-view market because we've got this. So watch this. Don't spend the money because maybe we don't know if we're going to be able to sell out the pay-per-views. So we're going to give it to you on Dynamite and get eyes to it without, you know, possibly failing in the pay-per-view market. I think, um, I think pay-per-view, is, I, I think they're, again, being the anti-WWE, having to have all these pay-per-views over and over and over again, they're going the opposite direction. They're trying to make their pay-per-views more of an event, right? Because they're only, what, four a year or something like that? So they're trying to make sure it's more of an event, not like WWE where it's like, here's one pay-per-view, and then here comes the next one, and then here comes the next one, and then, you know what I mean? It, it, and I realize they have their networks, so they can do that. But they don't. So I think they're trying to make it more like, you, you know, you're going to show up for an AEW pay-per-view because it's an event. It's, you know, it's a big deal. It's, now, I don't know if I necessarily agree putting, what's that? It's WWE's core four of what they had back in the day. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think they're trying to establish that. And I think, the, but uh, the one thing I will say, I think the Moxley um, Omega match should have been on a pay-per-view. I think it was it was too big of a match for last night. I don't think there should have been commercials and things like that interrupting something like that. That was a pretty big deal. Well, when you're telling me that Dynamite's just as big as your pay-per-views and is actually your core product and your lifeblood, why am I going to spend the money on the pay-per-view then? Yeah. Why even have I, them? I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that statement, yeah. And that, and that was my problem with it. I was saying to myself, well, I'd argue that with the amount of storylines they have, they probably need a few more pay-per-views, and I'm I'm okay with the quarterly model, but the way things get built up, and we get to, and they're getting better with the with the special events such as Winter is Coming, uh, and I guess that kind of stops the you know stops the autonomy we see for a while. But I recall last year you, there was three months between pay-per-views, and it was like for the first four to six weeks after a pay-per-view, we we're just like, eh, who cares? They were kind of going through the motions, so. If the pay-per-views aren't that important, why don't you just make, why don't you just get rid of them, and have these special events on Dynamite? Or maybe you have Dynamite setting up your special cards, but you don't necessarily have those special cards on pay-per-view. A pay-per-view doesn't mean that much. I'm sure TNT wouldn't mind giving them a Saturday night slot, for example, if there's no T- there's no NBA on. I don't think TNT usually broadcasts NBA on the weekends, right? They, um, weekends. I don't think on the weekends. I don't think so. That's ESPN or ABC. Yeah. Yeah, so why don't you throw it on a Saturday night? Would they start at 6.05? <laughs> <laughs> then you got to move it to the Superstation. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I don't know, a lot of questions. Um, one of the funniest things I think he said was, apparently he's never watched Game of Thrones. His mom's a super fan, but when he was asked why they went with Winter is Coming, <laughs> I was just like... As soon as I heard Winter is Coming, I was like, oh, we're ripping off Game of Thrones. And then he's like, yeah, I don't watch it. God, I love it. I think that was Warner Media pushing him to try to help sell HBO Max by using something from one of their shows. HBO Max is all over the place. Now, speaking of all over the place, you have the end of Winter is Coming. Omega leaves with the title. Omega leaves with, what's his name? Callis? Don Callis. Don Callis. Vice President and, of Impact Wrestling. And they say you'll see him He's next week on Impact. Mm-hmm. 
what do you guys think of the cross promotion companies joining together? Does that cause a rift? Does that help put over talent? What do you, what does your guys feel on that? Well, I can tell you this much, the impact uh, women's division is right up there with the NXT women's division. So if AEW can glom those women into their into their, you know, area, they're going to be all the more better. Um, I don't know a lot about Impact. I try to read the results from time to time. They do have a couple of pretty, a couple of wrestlers that are pretty good. They certainly don't have the AEW caliber wrestlers. Um, I think Rich Swan is one. Um, Sammy Callahan, um, Eddie Edwards. I think there's a few guys that are pretty good. Um, that that could make a difference. I think. Uh, I'm curious to see how this is going to work out because people were I could see people were asking like is is uh, Kenny Omega going to going to defend the AEW title on Impact? Um, are Impact guys going to show up? Is it some kind of invasion that's going to occur? Is Kenny Omega going to defect? I mean, let's see if they can do the invasion storyline right. Maybe we'll finally get a, a good storyline invasion. And my other question is, where does the NV- NWA fit in all of this? Because what I've read is, um, I read a rumor that all this is going to lose the title, and he's going to come over to to, to uh, AEW, and he's going to challenge Kenny Omega. Or they're talking about maybe having a, a, a t- double title match. So I don't know. I mean, the possibilities, if it's done right, it could be a, a quite a fun little thing. We could take guys that are on that are in AEW that maybe aren't doing so much and send them over to Impact for a little while and give them something to do. If they do it right, it could be fun. If they screw it up, it'll be Invasion Part 2. Is Khan going to be buying these companies? Or are they going to be their own separate entities? For what I understand, it's only they're just talent exchanges. Gotcha. And the other thing I think is really interesting is um, Ring of Honor out in the cold, right? Now they're looking like, you know, if, if Impact can get the rub off of AEW, Ring of Honor is like at the bottom of the barrel. And the other thing I was thinking about, you know, that New Japan relationship, they might try to rekindle that once things start to, you know, once the, the virus starts to settle down. And you could have an Impact AEW New Japan NWA kind of relationship where they're passing talent back and forth. Right. And I mean, that's, that's the whole world at that point. If you look at all the, all the companies where they all work, that's the entire world. The only thing you don't have is Mexico and Kenny Omega is currently the AAA champion. So they do have a relationship with AAA as well. Mm-hmm. So if you're talking about worldwide, you've got it now. And then if you get AAA, then you could possibly get MLW because Conan is in MLW. And if I'm not mistaken, Conan's in charge of AAA. And he's in Impact. He's not listed on the roster page. Right. Yeah, I mean, think about it. You, you really could have guys circulating through five different companies at different points. And, you, and then you, at that point, you never have to let anyone go because they would just move from to different shows. And if you really keep an eye on things, you can have you can really make some amazing matchups. You know, I imagine Kenny Omega going back to Japan would be huge because they love Moxley over there. You know, so I mean, it, it's it, it's it could be really exciting. 
if done correctly. That's, well, yes, I mean, you know, we'll see how they screw it up. The sad thing, though, is when they announced, when Don Callis at the end of Dynamite said, tune on on Tuesday night. Impact Wrestling is on Access TV. I don't know anybody that even gets that channel. I I looked it up to see if maybe Xfinity added it uh, on the Comcast side, and they haven't. Um, or it said I had to pay an additional subscription to get that channel, which I was like, yeah, get the fuck out of here. So that's the other thing. Dynamite getting close to a million viewers, merging with uh, or having some talent exchange with Impact, which barely breaks 100,000 viewers a week. Does that make that AEW look amateur? What do you guys think about that? And now what happens to all the, like, building on your point, what happens to all the people that don't have that channel? How are you going to see the talent exchange in that aspect? Because the last time I saw Impact Wrestling, I saw it on the TV Guide channel in the top little box. That was the last time I watched anything on Impact, to be honest. I don't know. Maybe there's something in the works. Maybe Impact is going to move to the same channel. Maybe they're coming to TNT. Or, you know, maybe AEW will show the best parts on their shows, or they'll put it out on YouTube, or I don't know. I, there's got to be – that. Ha- I hope that has been taken into account because otherwise I don't understand the point. Yeah, and the thing is with Con- Tony Khan, I just don't feel like he thinks of it that way. I mean, for fans like us, we speculate, we think of these dream matches we could potentially get out of it, so it's cool in that respect, but – when AEW is getting in bed with NWA that's basically on YouTube and with Impact that hasn't cleared 200,000 viewers in in a long-ass time, I just don't see how this makes AEW look better. I feel like it, they, they, it, it almost is like AEW is admitting they're having a hard time catching up to WWE. Not that anyone should actually expect that they were going to overnight. It's going to take a while, and they've done a pretty decent job considering but I think it's – my personal opinion is I think AEW's kind of looked at their ratings. And let's be honest, the ratings have stayed stagnant. They've averaged between 700,000 and 900,000 viewers maybe on a week, and they think this is going to help spike it a little bit. But if Sting didn't get it done for them to hit a million viewers last night, I don't see how – I really don't see how merging with Impact or having a talent exchange with them or NWA is going to get it done either. Well, again, if they take the best parts of those two other companies – it may, because we've all said their women's division is terrible, and yeah. we all know Impact's women's division is great. So if they take that women's division and put them in AEW, and maybe the men are limited to just a couple of guys, who knows? You know what I mean? It, it, I, I was looking at, like, they're going to take the best parts of these other companies. So, I mean, look, we haven't seen Aldous on, on uh, TV, but we have seen Thunder Rosa several times, and she's probably the best women's wrestler not in AEW or not in NXT. So maybe they're taking just what they want from those particular areas, and they're giving, like, Impact a jump because we'll say, all right, we'll send you – we'll put Kenny Omega on your show this week. That'll bump up your ratings a little bit. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm very curious to see how it all works out. I hear you guys – what you guys are saying, and I think you're right. I'm hoping that they're going to just take the best of to try to make their TV show the best, their roster the best. How, how funny would it be with this talent exchange if, let's say, uh, Jordan Grace or or the Virtuosa, Deanna Perrazzo, show up at AEW 
And the person Tony Khan books him in the face is a newly signed Tessa Blanchard after she pretty much walked out on Impact. That would be funny. That would be hilarious. Yeah, it would. I don't know. It's intriguing. I will say that. It was the first time I gave a shit about Impact to the point that I want to see what channel they're on. And that was granted. I'm a big Deanna Perazzo fan, and I still wasn't going out of my way to try to find Impact. But uh, that channel clearance is... They got to get something done there. I I think it's going to benefit NWA and Impact as far as getting more exposure on AEW. I'm not. I just don't think the ratings are going to go up because of it. But time will tell. Yeah, the other thing I will say just to end this on my end, um, Don Callis really knows his wrestling. He's really he's he's you know Impact was almost nothing, when, and now when he's come in, at least it's there. From what I understand, it's a decent show. Just nobody can see it. So if they're gonna if they're doing this also to get his input, there's that voice that we were saying maybe that Tony Khan will take and use that with the voice that we've been saying he hasn't had all along that he needs. Someone who knows wrestling. It should be interesting. And for those of you that are still wondering who the hell Don Callis is, and you're looking for a WWF reference, the Jackal that was part of the Truth Commission back in '97. He also did commentary for New Japan for for quite a while. And wasn't he in ECW with Don Callis, and he was part of the network? He was the network. Yeah. So he's he's definitely been around, and he's respected, and he doesn't seem to have – he's got the respect without having that, oh, God, it's like a Jim Cornette level kind of respect, like, okay, he's annoying. Not Don Callis, so uh, good for them, but hopefully it works out for AEW. I just, I just don't see it. But anyway um, – as exciting as AEW's been, uh, now we'll move over to WWE. Um, well, actually, we could wrap. We could wrap up with WWE. Let's not. Let, let, let's give you guys something to continue to listen uh, about. Davy Boy Smith Jr. as officially is done with MLW. Court Bauer has come out and said that. So, where do you think he ends up? Who cares? <laughs> He, he he's not his pops. Like I know a lot of these guys, they try to use their dad's name. His dad was a specimen. Like he was a monster. He could go. His son just doesn't do it for me. Like I I went to an MLW show, and he fought Thatcher on the show, and I was like, all right, let me go get a soda. Let me go look. <laughs> You know, I, like, I feel like him like I feel about Brian Pillman Jr. He just doesn't have it. He, his dad was so great, and he just doesn't have the same thing. Yeah, I feel the same way. I don't really care. I mean, maybe back to New Japan when he can get there. I don't know. The best part of MLW right now is their champion. It's uh, Fatu. Um, uh, Simone Werewolf, Jacob Fatu. Jacob Fatu. Dude's a monster. He's like, uh, he's Umaga 2.0. You had me until you said Umaga. They could get him in a talent exchange with other companies. It'd be great to see him wrestle throughout. Do you think it would have been better for AEW to get in bed with MLW? I mean, they're already halfway in bed with them, aren't they? Um, you've got, um, MJF, who came from MLW. Uh, Pillman, Jr. Pillman Jr. Pillman uh, Jr. 
you know, these guys are wrestling cross cross promotions because ML or AEW wasn't in existence when they signed their contract, so they were able to move over there. So, I, I mean, it, it, it would work. They got Savio Vega listed on their roster. I didn't know that. Yeah. He came out the last time. Him, Conan. They've got a guy named uh, uh, Hammerstone who has the physique. He can go in the ring. He's pretty good. And they got the, the Von Erichs. Yeah, the, the Von Erich, Kevin Von Erichs kids are on that in that uh, mm-hmm. show. Yeah, and then promoters slash managers, they have – we mentioned Conan. Kevin Von Erich was another one. Colonel Robert Parker. Yeah, his name from the right. past. You mean an old WCW guy didn't end up in AEW? Not yet. Uh, this is interesting. Dan Lambert from American Top Team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who I actually I actually saw in Newark uh, a couple of years ago. He's over there too. It, they definitely got an interesting roster. Uh, Kid Osborne, who follows me on Instagram, <laughs> I follow him. Uh, maybe we should have him on at some point. King Mo, who used to be in Strike Force. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought that was King Mo of Mo and Maple. <laughs> no. I was like, yeah, who cares? <laughs> King Mo was actually on Impact for a while, too, <laughs> if I remember is. correctly. <laughs> Come on now, throw your hands in the air. <laughs> I'm like, just... Best rapping since PN News. Anybody know who PN News is? Oh, boy, I'm showing my age. Never mind. Moving along. <laughs> <laughs> They've talked about him on the on some of the um, Conrad Thompson podcasts, but yeah. Tom Lawler, who was, he was in USA. Simon Gotch, remember him from uh, The Vaud Villains? He's he's actually a part of the main stable there with Fatu Contra, uh, Contra unit, yeah. And is this on YouTube, I'm guessing? Yeah, they have their shows on YouTube. God, we're promoting, we're promoting everybody tonight. Oh, oh, that's where Leo Rush ended up, huh? Yeah, you can see El Oso. With an SFP shirt live at one of the previous tapings for MLW ringside. Check it out. You put that on the Instagram, didn't you? I did. I did. It seems like MLW, Impact, um, NWA, and NXT keep like, it seems like a rotation of these guys moving around. It's like I watch NXT and there's some, like Cameron Grimes, for example, I had. I had no idea he was in Impact before under another name, and there's a few guys that are in NXT now that were from Impact, so I'm like, yeah, they're all just kind of rotating. I don't know. It's interesting. Um, as far as Davey Boy Smith, I'm probably in the minority. I say you put him in NXT. He's definitely. I, I feel like he's definitely going to end up in WWE because he kind of, especially when his father was supposed to go in earlier this year to the Hall of Fame before the pandemic hit, he was all over the place to the point that MLW was like, you weren't cleared by us to even be there. So I feel like that relationship is already there. But I wouldn't put him on the main roster either because I agree with you guys. I don't think he gets that same pop that his father would. Uh, but then again, neither does Natalia. So <laughs> maybe you just reteam them up again, right? Hard Foundation 3.0 this time. Wait for Teddy Hart to get out of jail and you can bring him back. Well, <laughs> When I went to the MLW show, they had their Hart Foundation, which was Teddy Hart, it was Davey Boy, and it was Brian Pillman. 
You know, it's funny is Pillman a year ago at this time was considered a hot prospect. <laughs> I almost feel like him wrestling on AEW Dark on a weekly basis is kind of hurt him. And did you see his tag team is called the Varsity Blondes <laughs> instead of the Hollywood Blondes? <laughs> like, come on. I don't know. Another tag team for AEW to job out to the Young Bucks. Yeah. Anyway, and then uh, PWI Top 100 came out for women. Uh, top five spots were all WWE gals. Any? Did you guys get a chance to look at the list? Anything that surpri- surprised you guys? The only thing I'll say I think is weird is they they rank some women very high that ha- haven't wrestled in like seven months, six months, and there are ladies out there busting their ass over and over again who, you know, because they don't have such name recognition, seem to be getting, you know, the short shaft. You know, how many matches has Becky Lynch had, right? Would she have, like, five, and then she was done for the year, and she's, what, like, number three or something like that? I mean, I just thought the whole thing was kind of stupid. She's number two. I couldn't remember exactly what number. There's no way she's number two. She's wrestled five times all year. You mean the, the women that wrestled 50 times? Or she should be ranked higher than that. It doesn't make any sense. It's just all for name recognition. So, like, for me, normally their lists I kind of like because I think they take a lot of things into consideration. With the ladies, I think they kind of mailed this one in. They just went with the easy names. You know, I think Bailey's the right choice for number one. But, like, Charlotte and all the ones that haven't wrestled in months and months and months should be near the bottom of the list just because of inactivity. We don't know the time frame that they look at because usually, like, the PWI 500 for the men come out, and then they have yet to preface that with that, oh, it was June from 2019 to June of 2020 or something like that. They mention it in their bios that, like, they haven't wrestled in months. Becky was a character, but as far as an in-ring competitor, I never would consider her a top five. That's, that's just me. I think she's a great character. She definitely puts butts in the seats, but... When I watch her match, I wouldn't go back out of my way to watch any of her matches. Let's put it that way. So her as number two surprised me, but I get it. So I, I think what surprised me more, and I like this I like this girl a lot, but Hikiro Shida and Riho, for that matter, six and number eight, and Io Shirai was at nine? Io Shirai, I feel like, has been is definitely should be top five. I would have her in the top five and maybe have Becky down at six, and then maybe Sheeta and Rio fall under that. What number was Ripley? Ripley was 11. I mean, she, to me, she should be further down. She lost a whole bunch of high-profile matches. Yeah. Yeah, well, Steven's favorite, Shayna Baszler's at not an unlucky 13. Where is Ronda Rousey? Why is she not on the list? I don't, I don't because understand. Because she hasn't wrestled in two years? <laughs> but Char- Charlotte is? No, I'm I'm fully shitting with I you know. guys. Like, you know the fir- the, first, know. the funniest part is she's working on her facial expressions. I think she has two now. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Ang- angry, angry Ronda and happy Ronda. Happy Ronda, yeah. Well, Freddie's favorite Natalia got number fifty-three. And I still think that's too high. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what I think is too high? Nia Jax at sixty-nine. First. No one's 69 in that bitch, that's for sure. And secondly, she should not be top 100. Oh, man. I was at least happy that they didn't stupidly put Lana on this list and she was left off. Did I? At least I'll give them that. But... Lana number one this year, so. Yeah. That segues into 
<laughs> the you fucked up moment of the week. Fucked up moment of the week. There we go. Randy, did you see that? That was horrible. Was that like <laughs> that was right up there? Who was the one that when the was it Jackie Gata who they jumped off the rope and they went to hit her and they missed and she fell anyway? Like yeah. She just froze and then fell. That's right up there to me. That's one of the worst spots, miss spots I've ever seen in my entire life. And I don't even blame Lana so much. I don't know what the hell Naya was thinking. Or I even just, did you see her and um, Oscar backstage when she jumped up and she hit Oscar in the face with her ass. I'm like, what? What the fuck are you guys doing? She also had a viral video of her kissing Oscar backstage that went out, which I was like, oh, okay. Non, most non-sexual kiss I've ever seen. Yeah. And meanwhile, Miro was like, yes, yes, you know, invite her is, over. Is Lana the least sympathetic person you've ever seen that they're trying to make sympathetic? Like, she's, like, doing the crying and the surprise, and people are like, we don't like you. Like, yeah. she's getting X-Pac heat. Yeah. I have a feeling if she was, if there was crowds, she'd be getting the X-Pac type of heat. I think people would be booing her and throwing stuff at her because people don't like her. She's best as a heel. I don't know who thought this was. She can't pull it off. This, this yeah. you know, standing on, like at the Survivor Series, standing on the steps and looking like she's going to cry. You know, she can't pull it off. It's act, She's acting, you can tell. It's not natural. It's very bad. Right? What, 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 you know what? She's auditioning for Pitch Perfect 4. Wasn't she in the first three? Was she? I don't know. Uh, so I never saw them. I just heard sure that she haven't. was in them. I haven't. I honestly have no problem admitting when I've seen embarrassing stuff. <laughs> I've seen, I saw the first one. I can say that. I'm sorry. But you know what? Your daughter wanted to watch it. We're going to go with that. No, you wanted to watch it? I, I, okay. I think Anna Kendrick's kind of hot, so I like wanted to watch it. Well, all right. I'll give you that. I'll <laughs> but then you. I realized the next two are just like the other one, so. Yeah. No, Anna Kendrick's hot. I'll give you that all one. All right. Um. I guess social media post of the leak will also give Denaya for her lousy response to the what a maneuver video of her fucking up that whole sequence where she wrote back with, um, I was charging at little Jimmy. He had it coming. Did you see the, the dancing videos they put up over Thanksgiving? <laughs> like her whole family? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was this? Wow. For those that don't know, like me. They put up, they, I guess they were together as a family, you know, all the, all the Nia Jackson and her family, and they put up these videos of them doing, like, synchronized dances. Yeah, like TikTok-type dances. And um, maybe they shouldn't have. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'm I'm not even going to try to look you that up and to. see what you're talking you don't, about. You don't need yeah, to defend yourself. To. No. If you're feeling hateful no. and you want to hurt yourself, look them up. <laughs> it's just amazing that Naya, I mean, at least Lana, she sometimes goes to a man, manager role. Sometimes she's wrestling. Naya's been a full-time wrestler for, what, four, five years now? And she's still green as fuck as the first day. Well, here's the other thing I understand. Her and Oscar are teaming together. They've won. They've beat the tag team champions twice and mm-hmm. still don't have the titles. How many more times are we going to run through this match? TLC. Before they actually get a title match. 
How many times can we put Lana through the table? Well, they stopped doing that. I want them to go back to that. Yeah, go back to that. Bring it back. (laughs) Awful. Now, we didn't mention uh, thoughts and prayers go out to the family of Pat Patterson, who tragically passed away this week. Uh, Big mentor for a lot of the guys in WWE. Do you have a, a Pat Patterson moment, Fred? Oh, man. I feel for me, maybe not so much like on air, but seeing him interact with the guys when they would do the, um, you know, the documentaries, the backstages, the 24s, seeing him um, interact with the younger talent. That was that was better for me. Not so much the the in ring work, mm-hmm. you know, it's funny character shit. But that what was about you was- there, Encyclopedia? I mean, I knew about his backstage and his influence. I mean, we wouldn't have the Royal Rumble match if it wasn't for him. So thank you, Pat, for that. I I think when I really started to learn about him and understand him more was actually when they did that network show, The uh, Legends House. I just thought that it, the way it came – I think he – even though it was kind of known that he he was gay, that he really – he basically was went public with that on that show, and it was – it was really touching the support he got with that. And it goes to show for all the homophobia that let's be honest, WWE shown from time to time on Canyon. The, when it came to Pat Patterson, there was such a high respect there for him. Despite some, I'm sure there were people that didn't agree with his lifestyle. So I feel like he actually made it easier, not by anything he did, but he kind of, open people's eyes to, Hey, this isn't a big deal. It's okay. You know, it's the way I choose to live my life. Um, and that's not necessarily what most people are going to be remembering for. It's really his impact in wrestling in general. Uh, I'll agree with Freddie. I don't, I've only seen a very little of his work. I was never overly impressed. Um, I mean, hats off to him for going to Rio de Janeiro to become <laughs> an intercontinental champion. Um, amazing video footage of that. Yeah. I can never, I can never find out who we beat in that tie, that tournament, but I know he came out way he came away with the uh, the Intercontinental title. Supposedly it was Ted DiBiase, but yeah, they never have footage of the Rio de Janeiro stuff. Um, for me, uh, as Anthony said so eloquently, the Royal Rumble is my favorite pay-per-view of all time. So I can never be thankful enough for that. Um, being a little older, uh, he, he was in, in an excellent tag team with Ray Stevens. I don't know how Ray Stevens is not in the Hall of Fame. Um, he was... Ric Flair will tell you that he modeled himself after Ray Stevens. The move that he did over the ropes, Ray Stevens did it first. Um, They were a great tag team. They also fought in California over the United States title uh, many years. Um, The other match, if you guys haven't seen, it's the boot camp match, Sergeant Slaughter versus Pat Patterson. The blood in that match, Slaughter bleeds like a stuck pig. Um, I think it led to a lot of other matches like that. Um, you know, and then you go back to him being a stooge. You know, I always thought that was kind of funny that he would allow himself to, you know, to be Vince McMahon's stooge. And, and he, he could poke fun at himself. The, the skid marks? Yeah, I mean, all of that. You know, uh, allowing Stone Cold to dump beer on him and kick him. Like, it, it, you know, he, he knew his role. And um, it's sad. I mean, the one picture I saw in the in the montage was him and Dusty Rhodes. And I'm like, damn, we are losing all of them. And there's nobody replaced them. Piper, Rhodes, Patterson, 
we're losing all these guys that knew how to wrestle, that knew what the business was about, and there's going to be nobody left to teach these kids. I don't see Randy Orton sitting on a stool going, let me show you how to do a promo. You know, I don't see a lot of these guys doing that. So I, I, it saddens me. And these are all guys, you know, like I said, a little older than you guys. These are all guys from my youth that are going. So really, it's always another it's another punch in the stomach every time I lose another one. That package last night, that video package there to start off NXT, I was I almost teared up. And I wasn't, like I said, I wasn't a huge Pat Patterson fan. Um, but they did such a beautiful job on it. Mm-hmm. The fact that they turned it around as quickly as they did, I mean, they had mere hours and they put it together. It was almost like they already had it ready just in case. I was going to say, he's been sick for, I understand, for a while. So they may have had it in their back pocket just waiting to use it, unfortunately. Yeah, and for those curious, it, it wasn't COVID-related. It was cancer, um, which doesn't make it any better or any worse. Just, I'm sure a lot. That's the other thing now. Somebody passes away, and the first thing people think is, oh, shit, was it COVID? Right. Now we're forgetting all the other real-life stuff that could affect people. Let's get a chance. Watch his table for three with him, Steamboat, and Hillbilly Jim. That was a, that was a good little... Um, Interaction. Those table for threes were actually pretty interesting when they were running them, running them on the network. Uh, they also, he was, I think, on the Legends table quite a bit too, uh, and that's going back to WWE 24/7 to content that they put on the network. Those were usually pretty good too, and he was usually uh, puffing puffing away at a cigar, if I remember correctly. But he had some good stories there too. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, he wrestled all over the world, so I mean, he, I'm sure he had wonderful stories to tell. Yeah, I, I mean, and you have venues. The Cow Palace actually sent their condolences. Um, he was pretty famous there. Uh, and you brought up a good point. And I think in some cases, the ones that would pass the torch and kind of take on that kind of mentor role that Pat Patterson was are guys like Cena that um, they're also making it big on TV and movies. That And that's the thing. I feel like the ones that would be the best candidates to be those mentors, well, they're just moving on to the next stage in life and – a lot of times it's in the TV and movie world, so they're not around to pass that knowledge on. Um, I agree with you. Randy Orton's not that guy, so what's going to happen? I, I don't know. Well, you know, back then when you were an old wrestler, you just became an old wrestler. You weren't looking for television. You weren't looking. You were just an old wrestler, and you were hoping somebody would, you know, bring you on to, to school some of the younger guys. That was the whole point. You were passing along that information, and now – it's not like that anymore. They're not there. They they move on to other things, which is good for them, but bad for the business. Yeah, and well, and I guess the other thing to think about is Vince had his favorites. He hasn't let a lot of them go. I mean, Gerald Briscoe only recently he let go. He brought Bruce Pritchard back. And that's the other thing I'm saying to myself. It's like we went into a full circle where Vince – is still with his old timers that he wants helping him run things. And in the process, if you're like a younger person that, you know, can't wrestle full time anymore, but would want to be in that role. And then you see Vince buddying up to the people that he's had going back into the eighties. Are you going to stick around and want to even stay in the business and try to fill that role? If Vince is never going to expect you for it or give you that, you know what I mean? One of the things like, you know, we knock Vince, quite a bit on this show and across social media and the internet wrestling community about being out of touch and what have you. And I say to myself, I think the problem is he's so set in his ways. He's and look, he's up in years. Let's, let's be honest here. 
he's going at this point in life and a lot of old timers do this they go with what's comfortable and what they've known for so long and that's why we're seeing guys like bruce pritchard that's been brought back into the fold and we're not seeing those newer guys that might take on those roles being moved up or guys like paul Heyman who will actually try to push newer guys right i mean look at look at poor ricochet i mean ricochet alistair black they're nothing right now yeah. You mean Ricochet getting a win over Jeff Hardy on main event wasn't wasn't an idea for a push? I'm surprised our you fucked up moment of the week wasn't Jeff Hardy almost snapping his neck on the bottom step. If you look at the replay, he didn't his head didn't really connect. He's going to be in a wheelchair someday. I'm just calling it right now, and I'm not looking forward to it. After they showed the replay and he was okay, though, I, the first thing I was thinking, we shed all over his brother for the stupid shit he's doing, and now Jeff's pretty much did the same thing. Yeah. These young guys, I mean, you know, these young guys, get off my lawn. Uh, these young guys, I mean, they're all, <laughs> they're all doing these uh, planches and suicide dives, and, and I mean, at some point, you would think somebody would go, guys, come on, not everybody needs to do this, number one, and number two, Let's try and save your career a little bit. Yeah. Because to me, the, the one thing I'll say about watching NXT and AEW, if I'm not closely paying attention, there's sometimes the matches all run together because the moves are all the same. Everybody does. That's why I said, Anthony and I were talking about the cruiserweights, and I said, I don't even bother watching the cruiserweights because I can't tell who's a cruiserweight and who's a regular weight or a heavyweight because they're all the same and they all do the same moves. It's all the kicks. It's all the running through the ropes. It's not special anymore. So after a while, like the last couple weeks when I was watching AEW, I swear to God, I turned around. I'm like, oh, there's another match on. I didn't even notice the other match ended. Yeah, that's one of the problems I've been having. And this has been going on for probably over a year. I'll start messing around with my phone or getting distracted with something else. And then the next thing I know, I'm rewinding the same thing like over and over again because I wasn't paying attention. And you're like that guy in the commercial. Wait a minute, did that guy just die? Could you do that again? Yeah. Could you do that again? <laughs> sure, sure. Commercial? Commercials? You guys watch commercials? My favorite thing from like SmackDown last week was the Street Profits cracking on Dolph Ziggler. They're like, is that HBK? <laughs> he does the super kick. He's got the same tights. Oh, no, no, no. That's Dolph. That's Dolph. That was my favorite part of SmackDown from last week. That was funny. That was funny. But now, pretty telling at the same time. Thoughts on Survivor Series? We already talked about it. No, you don't. <laughs> By the way, I'm going to clear the air right here. First off, Freddie, last episode especially, amazing, great episode. And then the opening ended when you cut the audio off too quickly. I'm going to call you out on that. Oh. I left the crowd in so you're welcome, welcome, welcome to come in right with the crowd noise. And all of a sudden I hear silence and I'm can like, okay. Can I tell you something? Freddie went to go record and he was all nervous and he was, and he couldn't, and he's like, I mean, like, you know, that's why buddy encyclopedia can't take any more time off. Cause he's like, I don't like recording the show. <laughs> we're, we'll give you guys a little peek behind We're we're recording stuff where we're normally like, Oh, what's this? Who did this? We're like, damn it. Where the hell's the encyclopedia? Like, we need the facts coming in, and we're like, oh, you're going to look that up? 
No, no, we're not going to look that up. Let's keep, let's keep. No, you remember, I made the mistake of doing it, and then you guys were giving me crap because I wasn't fast enough. You guys, come yeah. on, I'll find it. And I'm like, all right, I don't do this normally. This is Anthony's job. This isn't mine. Yeah. Yeah, second thing I did, I did as I was listening, I was like, I was like, oh boy, I was like, these guys aren't looking anything up. But, um, I. That's why you're the encyclopedia. Uh huh. Um, also, I want to clear. In addition to that, I want to clear some, uh, two other things up. First off, I'm not spending my vacation sitting in my hotel room listening to the episode or anything like that. When you're driving three to four hours between your accommodations, that's a time killer in the car, and it also prevents me from having to talk to my wife. That's a lucky, lucky wife of yours. And listen to us. Oh, and, and I'm getting yelled at in the background. Um, and then the last thing I'm going to say is Rob. I'm gonna call, I'm throwing you out on the bus for this. That whole comment about how I said, "Are you guys gonna be able to do the show without me?" That was back in August, my friend. All right, whatever. We did do it. <laughs> we did do it. The dementia's really kicking in there. We did do it. We did. You know, you know, so much, so much for, so much for saying I missed you. I don't, it didn't miss you. Let me be honest. I didn't miss you at all. Yeah. Go to hell. Go away. Hang up. <laughs> Sounds like fuck it. I take it back. We don't need you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, and, and you know, 9 a.m. T- t- this m- tomorrow morning. Hey, how's it going? Oh, hi, Rob. How are you? <laughs> Lucky for you. <laughs> I will say though, with the notes and the co- joking about that, my wife was listening and looks over and goes, "Yeah, they got you pegged." <laughs> we had fun. It's true. We have fun with. It's true. At your expense, but it's always better when you're on. Yeah, I was laughing. Look, I was laughing, and I, I and actually I thought, eh, I don't need to be on the show anymore. They don't need me. Well, we'll still make fun of you. You never call in again, just to let you yeah. know. <laughs> we'll get a cardboard cut out of you or something and put you there. <laughs> we'll add you in. Kind of like if for those of you that are friends with Stevie G on Facebook, if you're not, request him. He had the Mario Cuomo head on his Thanksgiving Day photos. Yeah. All right, so let's get back on track here. What are, what are we doing? Um, you asked, what's the deal with retribution? I just, Elaborate. Did, how funny was it that Mia Yim's mask, oh, I'm sorry, what's her name? Uh, Reckoning, her mask came up <laughs> two seconds into the match. And the announcers are like, oh, uh, Reckoning, yeah, that's her. Um, and then she loses on top of it. I mean, Jesus Christ, get old. Kill this now. To Dana fucking Brooke, seriously. Yeah. As soon as Dana Brooke pinned her, and with a schoolboy, no less, I was like, this is over. They should just cancel this whole thing, and I don't get it. How long have they been going now? Several months, and they have yet to do anything of note. They have not won any serious matches. Ali can do all the talking he wants, but when you're talking, you don't follow it up with any, any kind of results. It just looks stupid. Yeah. They're terrible at having factions invasion angles and following through on them. I know Arn Anderson on his podcast for weeks has been complaining about the, how Nexus was booked, uh, how John Cena ended up going over on them and totally killing their momentum. You go back to the Alliance angle. They got destroyed within three or four months. They, were, they look terrible, too. If for whatever reason, when it comes to invading factions, they just never, never get it right. And it's like you think they would learn. And they don't. They just do the same thing all you over again. you got to have some top players. And yeah. Ali's not a top player. They would have been better off having these guys have no masks, so at least you know who they were. 
Because when you bring in somebody, you call him Slapjack, I laugh. I, I don't go, oh, my God, it's Slapjack. I go, what the hell kind of name is Slap? Who named you? It's Taserface. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't get it. I, I, it. I don't even want to talk about them anymore. They're not worth it. The thing I just find funniest about it is that their masks are really illegal foreign objects, and yet they're allowed to wear them whenever they rustle. It's to hide their shame. Basically. Yeah. I, I'm waiting for them to have uh, – and I don't even know what his name is anymore. I, may, I don't think it's Slapjack or it's either Mace or – I don't know. I'm waiting for Dijakovic to come out as Dijakovic and be like, this is crap. I'm not doing this anymore. They should have named it like Slapjack, Slapjack, and like all Jack something. So you'd you would you'd at least you remember their names. Yeah. Maybe it'll be like uh, that whole segment back in the Attitude Era when Chaz broke character. He was just like, I can't do this anymore, and he walked off the screen and left the whoever was interviewing standing in there. And then when they came back, they're like, Yeah, well, some things don't go according to script. That would probably be the that would probably be the saving grace for them at this point because nobody gives a shit. The best thing might have been for reckoning the fact that she lost her mask. I don't know. She lost to Dana Brooke. Uh, she's longing for those days of NXT, which we have war games on Sunday. War games. As William Regal will say, war games! He gets so hyped up when he does that. But that whole segment where Adam Cole was like, say it, say it, say it. He was like all excited. Hey, hey, Anthony, did you think it was funny when, when Freddie and Steven were bowing to me and curtsying and I'm like, you know, giving me this for being champion? I didn't see the video footage. Well, you know, that's why I, I was just why. trying to tell you we didn't have the video footage. So I was, I was describing their actions. Freddie was, a, your brother was especially embarrassing. I mean, he was just like, he was like, you're the man, you're the man, dude. But like quietly, like he wouldn't do it loud so you couldn't hear it. But I mean, it was, I kept going, Steven. I kept texting him, stop it, stop it, it's not, it's just a podcast, it's not your whole life, it's okay, big boy. It, it, it's... And then Rob woke up and his bed was wet. <laughs> the sweat of a champion. <laughs> the sweat of a champion. Touche, touche. is the head that wears the crown, or holds the belt. I gotta say... He has got to be the most obnoxious champion we've had yes. left. I mean, yes. Freddie Freddie was pretty tame for the most part. Steven was obnoxious at the time, but not on this level. Somebody's got to be. <laughs> Don't let me get that strap back. Just let me assert my dominance. It's just the way it is. Until someone dethrones me, I'm going to talk to shit. Speaking of dethroning you, let's <laughs> jump into Yeah, let's get into the picks. I'm ready. If I actually ever win this championship, the show is over. You'll never win. I know that. <laughs> it's okay. You'll never win. <laughs> Whatever. You're so far behind. We would all have to stop picking for six months. Yeah. And maybe you'd catch up. You're only ahead of me by as much because you got that one battle royal right. Lance Archer. Fuck out of here. And where is he again? Where, where's Lance? Oh, I'm sorry. That's right. AEW's idea is we're going to have Lance like feud with another heel. Don't cry. Okay. I'm not crying. We still love All right, so what's what's our first match on this card? Uh, we got Tommaso Ciampa against Timothy Thatcher. I got to say the build for it has been pretty unique and interesting, but that match has been officially added 
I'm not going to go into a ton of details about storylines anymore since, as I admit, you guys are right, I talk too much. <laughs> Just make the picks. Look, you can't make fun of yourself. It takes away the, our joy. Yeah, it takes it away from us. Come on. Now, you guys were both laughing just now. <laughs> I'm going to go with Chompa on this one. I think he'll, he'll take this. Yeah, I tend to agree. I, th- I think Chompa wins, and I think he's going to be um, challenging Bal- Balor when he finally comes back. So I think this is going to be the start of that. I'd love to see Thatcher win. I'm really intrigued by his character, but I got I also like Champa. I got to agree with you. Um, all right, uh, we got a strap match. Uh, first off, who really cares? But it's Dexter Loomis against Cameron Grimes. You don't like Cameron Grimes? <laughs> I, I think he's funny as hell, and I think he's a good wrestler too. But he's stuck in this feud with Loomis, so yeah. Does Grimes finally get a win here, or is they just going to have him job out to Loomis? No, I think I think he finally gets one, and they keep the feud going at least one more time. And so I'm going to go. So, what? so we're, we're match? doing like Drew and Orton. Yeah. What's their next match? Well, they had that House of Horrors, and now this. I don't, I don't know. Is this the payoff for it? I thought they paid it off already. Um. I'm going to go with Grimes as well. I think he, he needs he needs a win at this point. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you guys there. Um, I also would not – I also just don't like Loomis. I, do, I just don't understand that character. He's creepy as fuck. I, I mean, I, I, I don't mind the character. I just don't see where it leads to. Let me tell you, if a guy like that started walking down the street, you would lock your daughter in her room and like ha- be standing in front of it with a bat wrapped in barbed wire. Ready to I generally it. do that before you come over, but then my wife stops me. So You do remember you asked <laughs> me to be her godfather. Don't forget that. As you said, I was signed up for life. That was, that was your for decision, life. my friend. But you got to get the creepy dude on your side. Right? Exactly, you keep your enemies closer, right? You got it. <laughs> <laughs> So, next match, we got the triple threat NXT North American title match. Leon Ruff. Gar- they recently engaged Leon Ruff to one of the referees. <laughs> and Damian Priest. Uh, for those of you that didn't hear, because I spoke over Freddie, Johnny Gargano's the third in that one. Yeah. Man. I'm going to go with Priest. I think you put it back on him, but. Something inside me tells me they're probably going to put it on Gargano. I think uh, Ruff continues. I'm glad to hear you say that because I was one thinking the same thing. I don't think you make um, a title change like that and then quickly rip it right off him. I think there's still some room for him to screw around a little bit. I, I mean, I love Damian Priest. I wish he was on the main roster. I think he's got the look. He's got the character, but they're not putting a belt on him now. You'd also prefer him in the NXT title picture, not the North American at this point. Oh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know why they ever took the North American title off him. I think he should have gotten a long run, considering, especially considering they don't have a champion currently. He could have carried the show for a few months until you got, you know, the title situation straightened out, but whatever. Yeah, well, Balor was going to say something before Pat McAfee and his goons ran in last week, but... Uh, I want to say, Ruff, I, I agree with you. I could see them keeping the belt on him. I think the one person I don't see winning this period is Gargano. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah. 
I'm just trying. I'm just trying to decide whether they put it back on Priest or they stick with Ruff. Um, I'm gonna go against you, Rob, on this. Not because I need the points, but I, as much as I could see Ruff retaining, I don't see where they go with him afterwards. Where I feel like there's more upside with Priest, so I'm gonna agree with Freddie on this one. Worth <laughs> the kiss of death. <laughs> Freddie, change your choice quick. <laughs> I, I noticed you're letting him make the picks first again. Uh, actually, I said rough first. No, no, no. He said priest okay, well, first. Here, regardless, I didn't pick what he picked. So, what's the difference? Do you want me to make the next pick first? You want me to make the next pick first? With you're that, the champion. You get to decide. You were the one that said everyone follows your picks. Would you so. like me to make the next pick first? Go ahead. Make the make the next pick first. The next match is the women's war game match. We have Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, and Tony Storm versus Shotzi Blackheart, Amber Moon, Rhea Ripley, and Io Shirai. And I am going to pick Shotzi Blackheart's team. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. <laughs> on that. And Anthony just didn't leave it. <laughs> I just think it makes sense. I think with with uh, EO and Ripley and what they've done to Shotzi Blackheart, I think um, she's due. I think that team is due. Yeah, they're shooting her up the ladder. Yeah. It's kind of interesting that the NXT Women's Champion is kind of playing second fiddle to, in this one. These are in the war games. So who else are they going to put in that spot? They don't really have too many other women left, do they? But you could have had EO still feuding with Candice, and they would could have been the captains too. That's all I'm saying. It's rare that you see the world champion playing a secondary role in a match like this. Like, I don't recall any Survivor Series where that happened. War Games? Ric Flair was often in War Games. But that was the whole Four Horsemen. They didn't push it as a team captain sort of Well, I mean, he was world champion, though, so I don't know. Kind of the same, but not. I hear what you're saying. Who do you like? Yeah. I'm actually going to go against you guys and say Candice's team. That's partially because of my pick in the men's match, though. Because I don't think they're going to have faces <laughs> win both or heels win both. Maybe we should let him pick first and just go the other way. Yeah. All right. I'm picking in the main event the Undisputed Era to defeat the team of Pat McAfee, Pete Dunne, and the NXT Tag Team Champions, Oni Larkin and Danny Burch. Okay, good. I was picking the opposite, so. <laughs> yeah. I'm going with Pat McAfee. I think they're getting all. Wow. I think they're getting all um, mushy about the undisputed era because they're leaving NXT. They lose this match and they go to Raw or SmackDown. I don't know which one, but they're leaving. So I think uh, you don't. McPhee's got all the momentum right now. I don't. Them losing would make no sense whatsoever. Yeah, the dude's hot. Like, when was the last time they let a non-wrestler cut a seven-minute promo? In your prime spot for NXT, the dude's I mean, the dude I can, a gift to gab. Yep, I think it's I think it's money. So you you guys see War Games being lost by undisputed era the last two years in a row? I, I, that's the part I just don't see it. I see them losing because they're moving on. Yeah, I don't see them winning. I mean, if they win, it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, what's what's left for them? Yeah. They, they've actually lost the last two. I mean, they're they're going out to dinner and wearing tuxes and like having this big. It, it, to me, it seems like it's the big, the last hurrah. Yeah. They go into this match, they lose, and they they either split up or they move on to 
a, a different roster. But I don't does, see them winning. Did somebody make the turn to end war games? I think that ship sailed. I think that I think when Ridge Holland was still around, that you were going to see the split. And I think Rob had said it as it was going to be Roderick and Bobby Fish going in one direction. But I, at this point, I don't see it. Um, and that's the other thing. They've been pushing Kyle Riley as a singles prospect, and that's why I just don't see them moving up to the main roster yet. And actually, I stand corrected. Undisputed Era has actually lost two of their last three War Games matches. So I, I just don't see them going and losing another one. But I don't know. Um, as far as that whole sequence in the backstage or the back of the restaurant, that's Adam Cole practicing for when he proposes to Dr. Britt. He was just testing the restaurant out to see if the scenery was right for it for that mo- magical moment. Insert crickets right now. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take care of that. It was actually funny. I was taking a training class today, and the presenter said something, or the trainer said something, and nobody said anything. And she goes, I need crickets now. And I was like, damn it, I got that sound effect too. I used to have an app that did that. It That's played crickets, it played a violin like when somebody said something sad, and then it had a it had a drum when you like Well, if you actually guys listen to these shows after I upload them, I do insert the crickets whenever I speak. <laughs> now, the only thing I am I will say I'm disappointed. Stevie G didn't make his picks. And he did not leave us with detailed notes on his picks. So I'm <laughs> Detailed is is the understatement of the century. It was like reading War and Peace. <laughs> Let me tell you about my pick. Back in 1972, when Roman Reigns was born, uh, his mother held him by his ear. And, I don't know. It was just like, oh my god. Into the sea. It was it was like you were there. <laughs> the only thing we couldn't do was read it like you. We were all trying to do your voice, but we just couldn't do it. We couldn't, yeah. I have fun doing it. That's why I do it. And we have fun, fun with you having fun with it. So. Yeah. I know my favorite was when Freddie would get halfway through my comments and he'd be like, yeah, I'm not reading the rest of this. You know, it is, it's just it's an hour. It's supposed to be an hour-long podcast, you know, not a week long. So. The funny thing is with me off it, you guys actually went longer. Oh, yeah, there's a cricket. <laughs> with that being said... um yeah so next week i threw this out to rob and i think this will be really uh interesting topic especially considering now taz's son is involved in AEW. we want to discuss the recent nepotism in wrestling recent (laughs) we're focusing on the recent okay okay that sounds good you you can go ahead and add uh Devon's sons to that list because they're they think they're in AEW now too. So, but that will be our tease for you guys for next week. We thank you guys for listening. TheSportsFrenzyPodcast.com, TheSportsFrenzyPod on Twitter, TheSportsFrenzyPodcast on Facebook and Instagram. We thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you next week. Peace.